have three cats who found me. Well, it wasn't my idea, but they turned up. And do they speak so French that, or English? <laughs> well, I hope they're bilingual. They get shouted at in both from time to time. So <laughs> I think they understand the tone of voice anyway. <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Kate Cobb. Kate and Joe have known each other for years having met via an online coaching group. They have probably only met once face to face at an event but have kept in touch since via email, social media and a couple of business projects. In 2011 Joe contributed to a chapter to a book that Kate edited and published called Turning Point. That included 25 inspiring stories from women entrepreneurs. Kate Cobb is the course creation coach. She works with busy business coaches who are challenged by having too many ideas but not enough time to structure them into marketable programs. They really strive to increase their income and get further out of the time for money trap but they don't know how. They are totally committed to providing the most valuable experience possible for their clients. With a unique blend of 30 years training and business coaching experience behind her, she helps her clients to organise what they know into hot products that sell. She's designed over 400 programmes, both on and offline, for clients who have gone on to increase their income by a minimum of 30%. One of her current clients is on track for a whooping 300% increase. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Kate Cobb. Hello Kate, thanks for joining me. Hello Joe. it's a pleasure. And you're joining me from another country, aren't you? I am indeed. I live in the south of France, just outside Nice. Oh lovely. And is it sunny? We're, we're recording this in April, yes. is it sunny? <laughs> it's beautifully sunny. Beautifully sunny, blue sky, no clouds. It's very dull. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was dull here yesterday. It Aww. does get clam times. No, it's getting into a really nice period of spring and soon could be summer. Lovely. So tell me a bit more about you, what you do and where you do it, apart from the French bit. <laughs> well, I do the French bit. Obviously, well, I work from home. So, um, and I've lived in Nice for 20 years this year. It's 20 years. So I've been here quite a long time and just love being here. It's a, it is a lovely area to be. And I really do appreciate the sunshine most of the year round. And I don't think I could ever live in the north of Europe anymore. So I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I have three cats who found me. Well, it wasn't my idea, but they turned up. And do they speak so French that, or English? 
<laughs> well, I hope they're bilingual. They get shouted at in both from time to time. So <laughs> I think they understand the tone of voice anyway. <laughs> so there's my constant companions. Yeah. Um, so in terms of work, uh, I've been uh, working as a freelancer for, I don't know, 30 years. So I'm very happy to be running my own show. I think that's that's an important thing to me. Um, I help and support coaches and trainers as well, um, people who want to run group events and group activities, either online or uh, telephone group coaching, for example, or face-to-face programs like VIP days, because my background is in training. So I absolutely love helping other people design what I call training events. So that could be, as I say, planning an online program, uh, running a one-day program or a telephone training group, something like that. Mm -hmm. And how do you work with your clients? How do you deliver your own version of that? It's a bit of a concentric circle type thing, isn't it, that you're helping people do something in the same way that you're doing it? (laughs) Well, it's true, because they're basic principles in the way people learn, so that's what I'm trying to pass on. Because I know for coaches, for example, they're through marketing, and I can see why, uh, put under pressure, I think, to come up with online programs to to work in a group way rather than one-to-one, as we know, for good economic reasons, because you can only work with so many people one-to-one. So it's difficult, though, because they're not trained to work with groups. They're not necessarily, anyway. They're not the same skills. Um, and therefore they, they'll come across stumbling blocks and difficulties with people in the group and not quite understand why. So that's what I try to do to support them. And, and I do it, I suppose, in three main ways. I can work with an individual who knows that they want to, to put together a program, but they just can't get the clarity of what that's going to be. And I find people, when they're, you know, the people I work with have established businesses. So they've already got a client base. They're already working with clients, but it tends to be one-to-one rather than group. So they've got loads of experience, but the difficulty is actually finding one thing to put in a program. And what people tend to do is they want to over-deliver. They want to put far too much content in, for example, to an online online program, uh, with the result that people just get overwhelmed, even just maybe looking at publicity for it, they're overwhelmed and they don't sign up, or they may sign up and then give up soon because there's just too much in there. So I help them to work out what they're going to leave out. And that's the challenge for most people is not what to put in, it's what to leave out. Mm. So we can just do a th- like a three-hour audit session working individually one-to-one over Skype and really get clear on what the program's going to be, what the content's going to be, what the target market is, and really clearly what you want people to learn as they go through that program. So that can be a short thing because then people might go off and then they'll design their own program. They feel happy to do that. With others, uh, I can work with them to produce the program. If they don't want to do it on their own, I can help them to do that. Look at different learning platforms and ways of using technology to do that. Or I could do it for them, and that's what I do with with, uh, some people I work with. I just take their idea, I know exactly what their objectives are going to be, and then I write the whole, design the whole course. 
for them. So I'll write things like templates and checklists and um, any materials that they need to support that process. Mm. So basically, it's done for them. I brand it up so and deliver it back so that they can just start running it. Yeah. So it works in different ways with individuals. I also still do corporate work. So I'll work obviously within organizations where you have training departments and they need learning materials developing and particularly these days looking at using technology in learning because there is so much of it. Yes. Um, yeah. And most companies are trying to, for different reasons, but one is financial, mm. looking at better ways of delivering the things that they've delivered probably face-to-face -face over the last X number of years. And there are so many ways to do it now that that can be quite a challenge. And, of course, you're doing all of this from the lovely south of France. I have this sort of mm. idyllic view of, of, of where you're working. Um, <laughs> do you have a particular room in your house that's your office, or do you work in different places? Tell us a bit more about, about the logistics. No, no, I have a, I have a designated space. Uh, which looks out onto the terrace. I have a very small apartment, so I can't say it's a whole room, but it's space where I can look out onto the terrace, which then um, there's a communal garden beyond that. So I just look out on greenery Lovely. and blue sky and sunshine. No, it is lovely. And, of course, you do most of your work via technology. You've, I think you've mentioned Skype already. How, how do you connect with your with your clients? Yes, I do everything from home, so everything I do is by Skype or by telephone, but largely by Skype or similar uh, similar platforms, um, and I've never ever found any problem with doing that. I've been coaching for, for years as well as training, doing the training design work, and I've actually found that train, uh, sorry, coaching by telephone is extremely powerful and that sometimes I'll even, if we're working on Skype, we'll switch the picture off because uh, people just can get much more deeply into coaching when they don't have the visual stuff to derange them. That's interesting. So Skype is one, and of yeah. course, internet is fabulous. Yeah. I mean, when I started writing books, well, I can't remember the first one I was commissioned to write was, I don't know, 20 years or so ago, I suppose. That was the days when you would receive the manuscript, printed manuscript through the post in a big brown envelope, and you had to go through it and do the, you know, do the changes, and then put it back in the envelope and send it back. So now, fantastic internet. Of course, everything goes by email. Yeah. So it's made big differences to the way that I work with people. Mm. It's interesting what you say about um, not having visuals. I, I'm sort of a quite a, a sociable person when I'm sort of you know in real life if you like um but a, video I really hate video <laughs> and I know I need right. to do it and I'm mm. constantly saying oh I should do more but uh, you know I am that person that when somebody says can we Skype I go yeah mm -hmm. and I always mean Skype meaning just the audio version not with the video mm. Mm. <laughs> and yes. then it traumatizes well, me when they want the video to be on <laughs> I understand that too. I don't. I don't like being seeing myself on video. Yeah. Um, I do think it's distracting, the, though. I, I I did an interview, a video interview with uh, a guy a, a year or so ago, and it was a quite a lengthy interview, probably sort of an hour and a half or so, and it was very distracting, having to look. I don't know. Um, sort of. Uh, 
uh, interested, aware, intelligent, you know, all of those things throughout the whole interview, when really it was about what I was saying, not about how I looked, but because I knew it was being videoed, I had to, you know, worry about that as well. So I can see what you're saying about that turning the the video off can, can, you know, get you into a much deeper conversation. It is really interesting. Obviously, when I was in the UK, I, I was coaching, I would do it face to face because that's what you do yeah and lots of people still work that way of course but when I moved to France and I was still had my clients in the UK then generally it was telephone me more than Skype but I was forced clearly we couldn't have face-to-face coaching sessions so it was almost I was forced to do it and then when I was forced to do it I really found how powerful it was and I think it's a bit like when, I don't know if you've had this experience, when you're driving along with someone in the car, they're sitting next to you, but you're not looking at them. Mm. Sometimes you can have really deep conversations with people and they'll reveal things that they wouldn't normally if you were face-to-face. Yeah. So I think there is something in there about almost what you're saying. You, know, you were saying you've sort of got to look good in front of the camera, as it were, look attentive. Whereas if we don't have that, we're not playing, play acting the person we think the other person expects us to be. Yes, yeah. It's interesting. I did, I did one of these interviews with the, the video on thinking it might help to be more engaged in the conversation. And I don't think it, it worked either way. Um, we, you know, it was a great, a great conversation that I had um, with, with the guest, but I've not felt the need to do it since, so it, that is really right. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, tell me a bit about about your working day. Then, do you do you do things in a certain order? Do you have a sort of a nine to five mentality, or or is it very much uh, sort of see what happens on the day? How how does that all pan out for you? Um, that's a good question. I'm hoping it's going to be very French and very flexible, but you know, Definitely. Um, I do try to get to my desk by 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't start very early here. And I do have a siesta after lunch. Oh, lovely. <laughs> which is, you know, we would probably call a power nap. But obviously in France, we call it a siesta. <laughs> so that is, is really useful to have 20, 30 minutes of really, and I go quite profoundly asleep sometimes. Yeah. To have the rest to then come back and then start working. Um, I tend to probably work far too much and far too long. I'm not good. I never have been. I've been self-employed most most of my working life, I suppose, and I've never been very good at allowing myself to have days off and holidays. Mm -hmm. So I'm certainly not structured around. I only do Monday to Friday. Um, But within that, and the thing that I enjoy about being my own boss is having the flexibility. So if somebody says, you know, come out for coffee or come for lunch, and it's a Wednesday, and I can fit that in because I've got nothing else planned, then I will do that. Yeah. Knowing that probably I'll be making up for that by working Friday, um, Saturday morning, but that's okay with me. I'm happy to work in that way. Mm. Um, it's more difficult, I think, when you've got families and, you know, your family needs, needs some of your time too to, to be that flexible, but that's one of the things that I really enjoy. Yeah. So I get to my desk at 10, and then it depends what's in the diary, really. I do set aside regular times each week to have conversations with people who perhaps are, you know, have an issue that they want to discuss about a program that they've got coming up or something that maybe 
they're thinking about doing so I make sure that I've got calls in for that they of course can turn into potential clients so you could call those sales conversations mm. um, often they're not but it's I'm very happy to help people if I can mm. so but I keep those to certain times of the week right I was going to ask if you did that so quite a lot of my guests yeah. do they they stick to certain days for certain types of, of work or conversations activities yes yes I do try to do that um, I'm not good at sticking rigidly to any sort of planning system though I've looked at different ones I've tried different ones mm -hmm. uh, they don't really work for me I have to say I'm a great believer that you know we're in business for ourselves and therefore we need to design the business that really works for us and that may not work for anybody else in the world but that's fine yeah and I'm always saying that to clients you know, this is your business what do you want to do with this yeah um, and I suppose I'm a bit like that myself so if someone can come up with a tool that would help to get me more organized um, that, that that might work but I've not found one yet <laughs> the thing that I do do first thing in the morning and I normally am quite um, consistent about this and it's almost as I'm waking up I will ask myself a question which is more often than not what three things can I do to move my business forward today yes so immediately you've reminded me of Wendy Keir who talked about three things in a day and also mm -hmm. Amanda Alexander who only tweeted that very question this week which was one of the ones oh, really? that she talked to me about you know that, that one of the regular right. questions she asks herself is what can I do to move yeah. my business forward sort of thing so uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah interesting so sometimes when, it's what can I do to bring some money in today or what can I do to help my existing clients more depending on the circumstances at the time mm. but it's usually it it obviously comes within that about moving yeah. on forward. So how does that then and that I find if I do that as I'm sorry, I was just gonna say how does that then no, yeah. <laughs> getting actually then yeah. turning into action? Do you do you Right. Well I write them down. I mean, I, if I'm doing it as I'm waking up, I think that's a really good time to sort of be in touch with your intuition anyway. Yeah. And so so I'll ask myself the question and then I'll just wait. And sometimes the ideas come up immediately. And sometimes I need a bit longer to come up with the three things, but I write them down and I make sure I work on them. Mm. So if I work on nothing else that day, I do those three things. And sometimes those, you know, if I am up early and working uh, early on, those three things can be done by 10 o'clock. Yeah. But they are really clear action steps. It's not like I'm going to complete this whole project because, again, we do tend to set ourselves tasks that are just impossible. So I'm looking at a very very specific activities. Yeah, yeah. And then I probably will do more work during the day, but the rest of the day is bonus. Yeah, exactly. And so, how do you sort of manage that that sort of other list of things that that, that need to get done? You've you've said you know there's not not really a tool that helps you to do that. Is it just a simple pen and paper job, or is it just what mm -hmm. comes up for you in your head? Or no, I tend to be a still pen and paper person. Mm -hmm. um, I will write up lists on my computer, but I, I still enjoy the satisfaction of crossing things off. Yeah. A bit pathetic, but I find that's really satisfying to see a long list and then go at the end of the day to cross three, at least three off or more things off because um, it does make me feel that I'm getting somewhere and making some movement forward. I have so things I've done to, to my list. <laughs> I have things I've done to my list so I can cross them off. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> oh, yes, I do that too. Yes, exactly. Yes, definitely. Just so I can cross something off. Yes. <laughs> yeah 
so I like that. Um, I tend, I suppose, to organise myself more around projects. Yeah. Um, I've just been, well, as you know, I've just been running a seven-day challenge to my Facebook group to write, to design an online program in a week. And I'd set this up quite legitimately, but purely selfishly, because I wanted to get this done. I thought, if I don't have people saying, why aren't you doing this, or I'm not conscious of it, then I'm not going to do this in a week, so let's you know, ask some chums to join in on it. So for that, for my online project, for that, then I'll make a plan. Yeah. So I'll write out the modules. I'll have a structure. I have to work from a structure. I mean, that's the way I design programs and get people to design their programs too, is working from a clear structure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'll do that. But I'll, des I'll design some kind of table in Word and then again cross things out or change the colour of the thing once it's done so yeah. that I can see progress. So it's almost like um, creating a template so that you've got gaps to fill in and once you've filled the gaps in, you know, you've done the job sort of thing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. I've used things. I tend. I do use things like Trello and Asana, but it, that's more for if individuals, clients are using it. Then that's if we're sharing documents. That sort of thing is quite important. Mm. Mm. But I don't use it. I have to say, I don't use it on my own. I have used them, but I've not thought, oh, this is a wonderful tool. I'm going to use this now for myself. No. You mentioned um, when you're creating programs that you use checklists sometimes. Do you use checklists for your own work? Oh. Well, the fact that I've got to think clearly means the answer's going to be no. <laughs> I would use it if it was included in a if it was included in a program. Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Design one for end users. Yes. But I, um, I tend to use. Um, in a sense, my table is a bit like that. Your your what is sorry? Right. My te the template yes. is sort of like that, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that's how I use my sort of, I wouldn't say I've got checklists, but I've got processes that I that means mm -hmm. I don't have to actually think through the process each time. I just literally do the list of things that I did last time because I know that will get me to the to the end result sort of thing. So, yeah, very similar, right. I think, to, to right. templates, yes. as you say. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that... Um, uh, you've never been very good at stopping work and taking time off. <laughs> how how does the end of the, the day play out to you? Do, do, you? do you just keep going till you fall asleep or, or do you try and uh, bring it well, to a natural place? Sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes I do. What I've tried doing, and actually it's good that you asked me this because it's reminded myself um, that this did work for me, is to set an alarm on, on my phone, yeah. so, I don't know, something like 930 which is then the time to prepare to go to bed. And it's not to say I go to bed at 9.30, but it's then that means closing down the computer, not doing anything else online after that time, and really getting into a state where I can go to bed at a reasonable time and get to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that did work. And interestingly enough, and I don't know why I stopped doing that, but I stopped doing that. I think I should put that back in wow. because otherwise I will carry on working. It depends, you know. I do coaching calls. I'm sure you do in the evenings. Yeah. Either within with my own coaching group, a full mm. time apart, or with clients. So there are sometimes things put in in the evenings anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not good at 
saying, right, that's it for today, you know, six o'clock, pens down, finished. No, I, I, I yeah, agree. Possibly, Either am I. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's possibly the thing that I don't have family clamouring for a meal. You know, it's different for other women who have to then go and cook something. Yes, I have a alarm at 9.30. It's called Little Dodds. Right. Time for her to go to bed. Ah, there you are. Exactly. <laughs> I've decided that carrying on working afterwards doesn't work because she won't go to bed. So in uh, lots of ways, I've just decided that I will go to bed too, which means, as you mm -hmm. said, I don't go to bed at 9.30, but I certainly start to think about it. Um, yes. The basis yeah. that... Um, you know it, it takes a bit of negotiating at times she's a bit of a night owl like my like me and would probably stay up all night given half the chance right <laughs> right <laughs> you have a natural prompt then yes exactly in your home yes. yeah, yeah yeah so um we talked um about a few tools that you've used as, as we've gone along and 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 that you don't particularly use one for for managing your time but but i know you do use um tools and maybe some apps for for some of the the work that you do so have you got some recommendations for us well i get i don't i'm not a great um i don't get very excited about technical stuff <coughs> in a general sense but i get very excited when it's technical things that are about learning yeah so i spend quite a bit of time investigating and trying out different learning platforms to deliver online programs for example um, because I use them with clients and they expect me to recommend things to them anyway and I just really it's really interesting interesting to see what is out there and the what's happened of course with technology is now that if you want to run an online program and you want to run it I don't know from your WordPress website for example there are so many possibilities that you could use to put that online program together so people don't know where to go so I looking at the, the one I've been trialing at the moment of this very week is called Lifter LMS which yep. is a WordPress plugin. Cool. Uh, free. Uh, I'm always looking for no cost or low cost solutions for people as well. Uh, that's one worth looking at. Uh, Teachable is another one which I've been looking at recently. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot, but say there are lots of other platforms. Some okay. are paid for, some you pay a percentage when you sell a program. Some yeah. you have a monthly, uh, you know, monthly subscription fee too. It depends really what. There's a financial cost as well, so it depends a bit about what your budget is. I think too, mm -hmm. what suits people. So these are the sorts of apps that or tools that will allow you to sort of reveal content over a period of time, perhaps mm -hmm. do um, group discussions, group chat. What what sort of um, they uh, they tend not to be they tend to be online programs so it would be you can upload text video audio obviously uh, you can put in their downloads you can set people exercises but they tend not to be interactive right uh, there are some around that are a bit more interactive mm -hmm. but the ones that I've been looking at certainly recently because they're either free or very low cost they don't have that functionality yeah so they're more about delivering the content difficult. yeah exactly mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah. and then what 
clients can then do, of course, is set up webinars to go along with that. They can have a Facebook group to go along with that. So there can be interactivity in it or built around it rather rather than it actually being in the platform itself. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you've mentioned learning a lot because clearly that is your business. What about your own learning, improving yourself and how, how you go about learning new things? What, what do you do? Um, I like trying things out for myself. That's the way I learn best. I do participate in webinars and I read stuff online about new um, new tools that are coming in for learning. But I tend to have to practice it myself. I don't you know, like I look at something. For me, the visual is really important as well. So it needs to look good. Mm. It needs to be quite simple to use. And the only way I could judge that is actually signing up for a free trial or whatever. Yeah. And going in and playing around with it for myself. Mm-hmm. But there's so with technology and the uses of technology in learning, it is important to keep up to date. So I do that through different groups I'm in. Um, networking with colleagues, obviously, who are doing this this sort of thing all the time. Yeah. And reading about it. But reading about it online. I don't have a list of books or a pile of books even to get through. I don't Interesting enough, I love reading. I tend not to do it so much for work, but it's partly because the technology is changing so much all the time that I don't see the point really. Yeah, yeah. Books quite often are, are a bit out of date, aren't they? Once even once they've yes, published, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get excited about books and get halfway through them, and then I then I get right. bored and move on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> I've finished yeah. them. I've got yes, I know. I've got some key key books that I do go back to. From time to time. Um, Anything you'd like to share? Oh, I like Jeff Walker's launch pad. Yes. Where he he threw his wonderful system. I think I put a lot of time for him. I think he's a person with lots of integrity. Absolutely. I was Uh, a member of his, um, one of his initial groups with uh, the, um, what was his, I can't think what his program's called. The product um, launch formula wasn't it PLF and he had continuity on it so it was a, a monthly payment I can't remember what it was mm-hmm. now but sort of I don't know it was 40 or 50 pounds I think quite a long time ago so it wasn't particularly cheap and one month he just wrote to everybody and said I don't feel I'm offering enough value to keep charging you so we've cancelled all your memberships and I was oh, like wow, wow that's, you know, how unusual is that yeah. in the online world you know yeah. So exactly. um, yeah, so I agree. I yes. think he has 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 good integrity, for, certainly from my own experience of him all that time ago. Yes, yes, absolutely. I suppose that's possibly the most up to date one. I like things like the Big Leap. I've not um, heard that. Oh, the Big Leap. Now you're going to ask me who it's by, and I can't remember. I'll look it up. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, very well known. Oh, it's quite nice because he talks about um, is it Gay Hendricks? I think so. Okay, Hendrix I came across years ago was talking about uh, meditation, using meditation in companies. Um, and although he interviewed lots of CEOs and they didn't necessarily call it meditation, yeah. that was absolutely what they were doing and where they were really tapping into their creativity and getting great ideas. Mm. So I've sort of followed him ever since. And the big leap, he talks about us getting into our zone of genius. Um as human beings, you know, and actually tapping into that when we're working. 
Yeah. And I just I love that idea. So yes, worth worth looking up if you've not come across that. I definitely will because I absolutely um, agree with that, and that's partly wh- why I'm here with Power to Live More now. <laughs> so mm. perhaps I need to read about it after I've uh, exactly. made that leap. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So. What about um, other recommendations? You talked a bit about books. Um, you said you, you'd read, but not normally for, for work. Have you got any uh, fiction recommendations? Always on the lookout for a good book? No, it's always detective stuff for me. Oh, and me. I love a good detective story. <laughs> so I think it's the problem solving in it. Yes. Because I think a lot of what we do as entrepreneurs is about problem solving. Certainly for me, working with people on helping find solutions to learning challenges um it's it's about that so yeah so it's always that sort of stuff detective stuff yes yeah no i agree i've I've just uh, started reading uh a book uh, there's a series i think it's nora roberts that that writes them all that's the the pen name for it and uh, they're called um death in um so i can't remember which one i'm reading at the moment but like you know death um in certainty or death in something I don't that, that those are the titles anyway um, and it's all it's set in the future with some really whizzy sort of um you know like I don't know they 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 have um you know they can they can go to space at the drop of a hat you know they go on holiday mm-hmm. to, to Mars and, and things like that sort of thing and it's all very futuristic but it is about detective yeah. um, and murders and and of course with the added complication of it being in the future with all this sort of extra technology but also things like when they secure a scene they have oh, I can't think what their technical term is for it but oh sweepers I think they call them so literally they they sort of secure it so nobody can go in it and then they do some amazing process and then of course they get loads more information out of it than they would you know in the modern time so it's quite it's quite interesting I've quite enjoyed those I like it when you get into a series and there's tons of them because then you can just keep going. And I think it was one of those ones where good old Amazon hooked me in with a, a free book or a 99p book. Right. <laughs> yes. They're not that cheap now. I love the radio as well. Love radio plays. Ah. I'm not talking in English. I have to say not, not in French. <laughs> um, I love radio plays on Radio Four. Radio Four Extra is my absolute favourite radio mm. station. Lovely. And do you do you listen to them when you're working? I mean, I, I do when I'm doing sort no. of. Um, oh no, no, no. I don't know my accounts and stuff. I listen to things because I don't have to concentrate very much, but I can't do anything else and listen because it puts me off. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is not. This is certainly either siesta time or perhaps when I go to bed, I'll listen to the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of, outside outside work one of mine i've mentioned before is a desert island discs i really really like that every week so yeah uh, and i can't listen to that going to sleep because i get too interested in the music <laughs> and you can't listen to it really important to me you can't listen to it on time and a half which i do with most of my podcasts so that i can listen to more because the music sounds silly when it's played too fast <laughs> oh right okay yeah, top tip, if you speed up your podcast to at least one and a half times, your brain doesn't actually really have an issue with it once it gets used to it. And uh, most people speak so slowly that, that it works fine. I don't think you can t- you can speed me up because you probably can't understand me. <laughs> but it does work for most people. So um, well, that's we really talk- interesting. before we started recording, you, you mentioned music being really important to you. Um, what sort of music do you, do you listen to? Uh, I sing. I'm in a choir. I've been in choirs for since I was at school, so forever and ever. 
Um, and I find singing is the best way to switch on. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you've got a score in front of you and you're in rehearsal for three hours, the only thing you can do is focus on that. Do you know, I could have I could have said that sentence myself. I say that so much myself because I, I sing in choirs as well. And uh, I always say it's so mindful, as you say. You can't you can't yes. be doing anything else. You have to be paying attention. You can't be your mind can't wander because you get lost and it all goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. And, Absolutely. And of course, physically with the, the, the diaphragmatic breathing, you know, that it's so good for yes. you to to, to do yes. that as well. I took uh, it up as an alternative you. to yoga or meditation because I didn't fancy doing either of those things, but I read right. it good as. Oh yes, a great alternative. Absolutely. Mm. So what sort of and thing I do you think? Well, we I sing in. I've always sung sort of traditional choral music. Yeah. Um, and actually, I have been president of the choir singing now, which I started with the conductor six years ago. And before that, I was president of the choir for six years. Mm -hmm. um, the president in France is somebody who obviously does the admin organising. They're not the artistic person at all. Um, <laughs> But I love that. I just love being involved in the organising side. I've worked on operas and uh, as well as choral stuff and orchestral organisation. So yeah. I just love all of that. I think in a past life, or maybe this is just a missed opportunity in this life, I would have done this. Could happily have been a person who worked in an opera house, for example. Yeah. As an administrator, organising everything because it's just fascinating the whole process of opera is totally fascinating yeah they're not something i knew about at all before i started singing and working as a particular conductor so for singing it's the choir we have at the moment is a chamber choir so there are normally let's say 12 to 16 of us singing and we're singing things like bark motets and that kind of thing yeah really. lovely um, a lot of a cappella stuff, so you really have to be on the ball because you might be the only person singing in your voice part, or you might have one person with you. It's never more than two on a voice part. Yeah. So, boy, do you have to concentrate on that, not to show yourself completely up as an idiot in front of everybody else. <laughs> and it's a good, it's a good, it's really good standard of choir. We don't. The sad thing about being in the south of France is the Mediterranean doesn't have the same choral tradition that we have in the UK or that they have in Germany, for mm. example. But down here it's much more opera and operetta. Um, so we're up against it really a bit. But it's just wonderful to have this choir whereby I can carry on doing that sort of singing. Yeah, that sounds lovely. I think it's very because it's a you know it's a good level. Yeah. So I've got to get better. And it helps you get better when you're working with people who are better than you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to sing in a chamber choir. We, I sing in a, a big choral society. There's like sort of a hundred and odd of us. So we mm. get to sing the big works, which is great. But as you say, I, I love the challenge of, of singing with few people. Um, so you are exposed, although it's quite stressful as well. Yes. <laughs> Very so, scary. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've been in big, again, in the UK, I would have been in big, big choirs like you. Mm. And it is fantastic because you do get to do wonderful works with orchestra, but yeah. it's a different sort of pressure, yeah. isn't it? A different sort of way of doing it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're so, lucky to have this. I'm very lucky to be involved in it. So that's your your main form of relaxation, then the fact that you're in the sunny south of France 
and your singing. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. That's it in a nutshell, definitely. <laughs> lovely, lovely. So what about on days when things don't go right? Do you have any of those stressful ones? I, I'm just imagining it's all blissful in the south of France, but, you know, I'm sure oh, <laughs> there are times <laughs> when the internet goes down, maybe. <laughs> what, what, oh, how do you yeah. deal with, with those traumas? It isn't always wonderful in the south of France, of course, <laughs> as anywhere. Um, I do try to learn from things. You know, I'm a sort of glass half full person, and I do think everything that happens to us happens just for a reason. It happens to teach us things, and even the worst possible things in life actually do that, although they may not feel like it at the time. So if I'm having a bad day at the office, as it were, then I will try to calm down, not panic, and think about, you know, what's this about? Because there may be specific actions I can take to turn things around. I think there always are ways that we can turn things around, even if it's only with our way of thinking about something. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that I always achieve that 100% of the time, but it doesn't take me long to get back into yeah. a much more positive frame of mind. And, and to see what is working. We so constantly concentrate on what isn't working. Yeah. And forget all the things that are working, the things that we are doing, and the way we are contributing. Mm -hmm. um, and tell me, and do you do you sing? Focus to get back to that. Yeah. Do you sing do when you're do. feeling bad do. like that? Sometimes I do. I do. That's a really good idea. I think if I've had a really bad day and don't feel I've got anywhere, sometimes I'll take out my music and start work. You know, because obviously we prepare for concerts, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, I'll start working on a score that I need to prepare. So, yeah. yes, that's true. But I could do more of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think physically I, it sometimes just really helps to, as you, we've said, be mindful about something else anyway, but but also just mm -hmm. that whole relaxation piece I think can be really helpful. I certainly, um, you know, do, do do that specifically if I've had one of those one of those days. So uh, maybe not when there's people in the house, though. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> so on a day when you've... Finish the day knowing that you've had that chance to live more that I talk about, which is about doing the stuff you really want to do, not necessarily the stuff mm. that you need to do or you should do. What does that day look like? Oh, the day itself? Yeah, what have you done? What have I done? Um, oh, I've worked on some training design work for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, this, this morning I was doing some work. I'm actually designing some questions for somebody who wants to use them in his training. And I just love I just love that, and I know that it's contributing because what I do now is very much a kind of backroom activity, and and there are lots of people who don't even know that people like me exist. Yeah, there are coaches I know apparently who are looking for people like me because they don't like designing or trainers too. They don't like doing the the design side. They like the delivery, but they don't like the design, mm. or aren't very good at it, or don't have the time, but don't know that there are people like me who could help them. So that's um, an interesting thing because you know we're all skilled in different areas. But really, if I know that uh, to know that I've achieved something, it's to know that I've put together a really good program that I know is going to help the people who will be using it. Because I have a really clear way and a really clear picture in my head of how to take them from the starting point of the training, whatever that may be, right through to the end. Whether it's an online program, self-study, or 
face-to-face or whatever it is, um, I'm really good at that. So I feel I'm really good at helping people through that journey. Mm -hmm. So if I can do that, even though I don't see the people to whom this is delivered, I don't get immediate feedback from them, I feel that that's really contributing to other people's learning. Yeah. So that makes me feel very satisfied. And it's very creative. I love coming up with ideas for group activities or role plays or case studies. And I just find it a really creative process. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Very happy. Lovely. So we're just coming to the end of the interview now. It's gone by in a flash as ever. How, how can people find out more about you? There'll be people, I'm sure, listening who are exactly the people you've just talked about who don't like doing this stuff, need somebody to help them with what uh, what they want to do and deliver for their people. How, how can they find out more about what you do? Uh, the best place at the moment is to sign up to my, to like my Facebook page, which is called Share Your Passion, or the long version, Share Your Passion with the World. As that's the place at the moment that I'm um, putting most stuff out on, certainly to coaches and to individual trainers who are looking for help. Mm-hmm. People can always email me, kate at katecobb.com, and that message will get through to me. Lovely. And then I, we have can... corporate, I have a corporate website, which is obviously for people more in organisations, called the Learning Design Studio. Lovely. So we can put that on the show notes, and um, I, I think you're working you. on on a, a new website or two, so we can we can add yes, those on as exactly to that as well. So lovely. Thank you right. so much Thank for joining you. me. Um, Pleasure, Joe. It's been talking to you. Thank you for reminding me of some things like setting my alarm to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to start uh, doing that if little Dodsy doesn't uh, keep doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been great interviewing you. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. It's really kind of you. Joe's This is the part of the show where I do a recap of the key points of the interview, the stuff that I really liked and the apps, books, music, tips and tools that were shared. This is for you if you heard something that you want to check out but you couldn't write it down at the time. Hopefully I've got you covered. And this is the bit for the really time-pressed. You can just listen here and get the gems from the interview but of course I wouldn't suggest you do that and miss out on the great conversation that I had with Kate. We talked about using Skype for coaching calls and Kate said that when she first moved to France she still had clients in the UK and although it was the telephone then rather rather than Skype as it is now, they clearly couldn't have a face-to-face coaching session so she was sort of forced to do it on, on the phone. But actually she realised that it is quite powerful to have a conversation where you can't see somebody. She talked about it being a bit like when you're in the car with somebody and they're sitting next to you but you're not looking at each other. Sometimes you can have really deep conversations and they'll reveal things that they wouldn't normally if you were you know, facing each other or in this case face to face. So um, we were talking about using Skype for coaching calls and how that can actually really enhance the call. Kate helps coaches to set up training and learning programs around their passions and their gifts and we talked about tools that she recommends to enable them to set up these learning management systems to support what they do and there are a couple of tools that she uses one of them is lifter lms which she's been trying and it's a free wordpress plugin which enables you to 
turn your WordPress website into the learning management system. She says it's low cost and, or in fact, no cost and uh, worth looking at. And she also talks about Teachable, which is another one that she's been looking at as well. We talked about books and uh, talked about a book that both of us really like by Jeff Walker called Launchpad. And he talks you through his system about how to create launches for products and services. And uh, Kate said she thinks he's got lots of integrity, which is something that, that I agree with from my experience of being a customer of his. And she talked about the book Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and how he talked about using meditation in companies. He'd interviewed lots of CEOs and he said, she said that they didn't necessarily call it meditation, but that was really what they were doing. They were tapping into their creativity. And um, he talks about getting into our zone of genius as human beings and that um, tapping that into that while we're working um, is, is you know, what we should be doing. Kate said that she really loves that idea. When we got to talking about music, actually Kate talked about loving the radio, but not for the music, actually for radio plays. She says that she listens to uh, plays on Radio 4 Extra, it's her favourite radio station. Moving on to talking about the tips, one of the things that uh, Kate does on a regular basis is has a, her, a siesta, as she calls it, after lunch. Clearly living in France, it's a siesta, and uh, we probably call it a power nap. And she says sometimes it's sort of 20 or 30 minutes and sometimes she actually really has a, a good and proper sleep and then comes back to work feeling very rested. We had a bit of a discussion about building in flexibility that uh, in your working day, some of the, or working week, some of the advantages of being your own boss is having flexibility and that maybe you might take some time off to go and do stuff during the week and then make up that time at another time, uh, which you know you, you do to sort of suit uh, your your life and and your and your business and certainly it's something that that I do as well that uh, sometimes I feel like I've not got anything done during the day but I realise I've actually gone and done other things other than working and then I have to catch up in the evening or at the weekend because I've taken that time to do other things. Kate talks about designing your business to suit what you want for your life and and your your work and she says um, you know you might end up with a business and a way of doing business that is purely. Uh, unique to you but she said you know that that's fine and she says one of the phrases the the sentences she often uses with clients is this is your business what do you want to do with it in common with other guests that uh, I've interviewed in the last few months Kate talked about thinking in the morning of the three things that she needs to do to move her business forward on the day writing them down and then just really working on those things and she said sometimes she can get up early and work on those things and can be done by 10 o'clock and obviously that gives her time to do other things but she's very clear about focusing just on those three things before she gets on and does other things. We talked about structuring projects and Kate said she tends to organise herself around projects that's how she sort of organises her day and um, so she writes a plan, writes up uh, the modules and the structure of the plan if you like and then uh, works from that structure and that's also the way that she de designs programs and gets people to design their programs to create that learning opportunity for their clients as well. We talked about strategies to finish working and Kate talked about something that she used to do which was set an alarm on her phone at 9.30 to sort of tell her it was time to prepare to go to bed. She said you know not that she necessarily goes to bed at that time but that she shuts the computer down and, and plans sort of an evening routine at that stage and actually she said it did used to work for her and she stopped doing it and didn't really know why so she was going to go back to to doing it again after our interview which was uh, nice to know. We talked about learning and she said that she likes to 
learn by doing things and trying things out for herself. She does tend to participate in webinars and read things online about new tools and that sort of thing, but actually has to practice using them. The visual side of things is really key for her. So Kate says that she um, really tends to sign up for free trials or whatever to sort of go in and have a play around with tools herself. So very much a, a sort of active learner. And then lastly, we talked about singing to relax, which is something that I do as well, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts. And Kate said she's been in choir since she was at school, so her whole life, and that she finds singing as the best way to switch off because when you've got a score in front of you and you're in rehearsal, in rehearsal for three hours, the only thing you can do is focus on that. It's, it's a very mindful practice, which is what I talk about a lot. And also just physically, because of the diaphragmatic breathing, um, it can be really helpful from that point of view as well. So finally, to contact Kate, you can go to her Facebook page and that's Course Creation for Coaches. So if you just go to Facebook, you can do a search for that or obviously you can look at the show notes and click on the link for that. You can email Kate at kate at katecobb.com and you can also download Kate's seven-step system to turn what you know into increased cash flow and to get to that it's probably easiest to go to the show notes and click on them but uh, if you want to type that in uh, directly it's https colon forward slash forward slash katecobb.leadpages.co forward slash twyn photo blue forward slash twyn photo blue forward slash as ever if you want to go to the show notes you can go straight to them on the website by typing in powertolivemore.com forward slash 21 and that'll take you straight through to them use your power to live more all this information is available on the show notes on the website powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 21 if you'd like to sign up to get my weekly newsletter with more tips strategies ideas and tools to improve your power you can do that on the website too and if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash focus, you can download my free report about to, how to increase your focus for better productivity. Again, the link for this show is powertolivemore.com forward slash 21. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. Mm-hmm.